0: Today is the 31st of December, we're at the gates of a a new year, and it is my desire that we all would experience uh, a happy new year. It is uh, my prayer, my hope that this next year, 2024, would be a year of happiness, but none of us can be confident that 2024 will be a a year of happiness. In fact, we may, and I don't want to start off on a a negative note, we may almost be assured that 2024 will be a year of trouble, will be a year that will not bring uh, only happiness but it will bring also its own trouble. The Word of God says, for man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. So it is important for us as we make our New Year's resolutions, uh, of eating more healthily, of make, maybe doing a, a diet uh, uh, throughout the year, as we begin the year with this hope that it usually lasts us uh, for a few weeks at most uh, it's useful and I would hope more important in our minds to make the resolution that whatever comes to pass in this next year we will wholly follow the Lord our God I want us this is the verse of the year verse 8 of chapter 14 it is the verse uh, that me and peter decided would be a a fitting verse for the for 24 where caleb tells uh, joshua that verse 8 nevertheless my brethren went up with me made the heart of the people melt but i wholly followed the lord my god i want us to consider caleb The word of god says that all things were written so that we may have hope so this passage more than just a curiosity more than uh, than anything else is written down so that we may have hope and i want us to consider caleb as a real example he is a man that is very rare in scripture he is head and shoulders about uh, above his peers and in order to understand uh, how it is that he, uh, that, that he comes to the end of his life uh, with this confidence and he is even rewarded for his faith, if, in order for us to understand that we need to understand the context of this passage. It was a promise that Caleb uh, received 40 years before as he, he himself says Forty years before, he had received the promise from the Lord, and here, here he is, forty years later, on down the the road, uh, gray uh, gray hairs, eighty five years old, and he's trusting that promise as strongly and as uh, confidently as he was, or even more so, than the day he first received it. The the episode that Caleb is referring us back to in uh, in. Uh, in his um, speech to to Joshua is the episode in Numbers. Numbers 13 and 14 record for us what was the the sending out of the 12 spies. We we are familiar uh, with this, but let me just uh, summarize what, what happens there. Moses sends the 12 spies from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And they come back. And the majority report, 10 of the 12, uh, come with an with a evil report, as scripture says. They looked on the land, and all they saw was trouble. All they saw was difficulties. The giants were very giant indeed. Their uh, war capabilities was, uh, was impressive. Their cities were walled fortresses. All of it negative. All of it absolutely terrifying. So as the people of God are there in the wilderness, they bring this report to Moses and to the congregation. And as uh, as Caleb himself says, it made the hearts of the people melt. If if you would turn there, we'll we'll just read a few verses. We won't read uh, both chapters, but it is important for us to, to understand Uh, this in order to see caleb's faith in action verse uh, 30 and uh, 31 and 32 says uh, says this but the man who had gone up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they gave the children of israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and ca- came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their sight. That was a report of the majority. And yet, there was a minority report Caleb says, as we read in, in, uh, in, Joshua, uh, in Joshua 14, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. A fact that he notes three times in this text. He has faith in God. When others were uh, watching and seeing the giants and the fortresses and and all the difficulties, Joshua and Caleb and, and Moses and Aaron as well, it must be said, they were looking at those things, but they were looking as well at God. They knew God. They knew his purposes. They knew his power. They knew his presence. And that's what Caleb goes on to say in verse 14. It says that, so all the congregations lifted up their voices and, and they started lamenting and, oh, if only we had stayed in Egypt, if only we had died in Egypt, now we're, or if only we had, would die in this wilderness. But not Joshua joshua and that caleb caleb says there in verse 7 the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land if the lord delights in us then he will bring us into his land into this land and give it to us you see caleb was courageous he was he had faith he was a man of faith even in spite of the adversities Note the circumstances where he gives this report. He wholly followed God in a situation that all others, except Joshua, Moses, and Aaron, were dead set against him. It says there in, in, at the beginning of chapter 14 that they wanted to stone them. He wholly followed the Lord in spite of the opposition, in spite of uh, the dire consequences that might come. Abuse, insult, prejudice. His life was in danger. And yet, for Caleb, no degree of violence, no amount of persecution was enough to deter him from following the Lord. So you see, Caleb was a man like us, I dare to say. He was a man of the same uh, passions and the same uh, fears and hopes that we have. The difference that he had was not that he was made differently. was not that there was uh, something in his character that, that was uh, stronger. The difference was the grace of God in his life. His faith in God. You see, and that's the, the, the three points that I want to make uh, at the start here. Caleb was confident... Caleb uh, was courageous because he he knew God's purposes, because he was confident in God's purposes in bringing them into the land. Again, if you you keep your finger there in Numbers 13, you realize that. That Caleb was the one that um, was confident because he knew that God had brought them out of Egypt mightily, had brought them through the wilderness with all its trials, with all, with all that has happened there, because God has a purpose. And, and Caleb is confident that that purpose is for them to enter into the land flowing with milk and honey. And that's why it says there in, in verse 30, look at verse 30 of chapter 13. Um, verse 30, Caleb, as they they are uh, bothered, as the, 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 the Israelites, the congregation is uh, with their hearts melting, Caleb quiets them, Ca- Caleb stills them uh, before Moses and says, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb knew that the purposes of God was for them to inherit the land that flows with milk and honey. He had seen the giants. He had seen the great men. He had seen the fortresses and the strongholds. He had seen it all. But he also had seen God. He also knew God's purposes. And his eyes, instead of being in the difficulties before him, his eyes were on the faithfulness of God to his own purposes that's why he he then in verse in chapter 14 we've read it already but we'll read it again in chapter 14 verse 8 he says that if the Lord delights in us this rhetorical question why because he knows that the Lord has delighted in them that in so much that he has brought them out of slavery from Egypt there is delight that God did that because God delighted in the children of Israel if the Lord delights in us he says then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. The Lord delights in us. And then he puts this, he says, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. They are, uh, their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. They are our bread that was the report wasn't it the report of the the the, the other ten, the majority report was that they devour the land is going to devour us that we're going to be eaten up but Caleb says no they're going to be lunch for us they're going to be our bread and god's very purpose from the start was to give them that land that he had promised to Abraham as an inheritance was to bring them out of Egypt into the promised land uh, that flows with milk and honey. And, God, and that's, that is why Dave, uh, Caleb is confident. Caleb is not only confident in God's purposes, but number two, he's confident in God's power. That's what he says in verse 9. It is the Lord that is going to be able to deliver us. So the confidence of, of Caleb was not that we have a very mighty army. Look at us. We, we have this. Uh, we're, we're, no. He would say, look, it's just a collection of shepherds and, and, uh, and no real warriors in, in Israel. They're a small nation. They are an insignificant nation. To be confident that they would be able to do it by their own selves would be foolish. But that's not where, where the source of God, uh, of Caleb's confidence is. The source of uh, the Caleb's confidence is in God. And so should we have that same confidence? God's purposes, we've read them in Romans 8, that we should be made in the image of his son, that we should enter into those uh, in, into heaven, into glory, that we are eagerly yearning for. God's power as well at work. That's what Caleb was confident of. Caleb said, don't fear them. Don't be afraid of them. Because God is on our side. Because God's power is working in and through us. That's what Paul says in Ephesians, isn't it? It's God's power towards us who believe. And that's the source of our confidence. They were shepherds. They were uh, former slaves. They had no uh, uh, army tradition. They had no generals in their ranks. They had no uh, established tactics of war. But what they had was God. God's power that went before them. It was the Lord that was going to deliver them. It was the Lord that was going to help them that's what he uh, that's what Caleb is emphasizing here but thirdly Caleb was confident in the presence of God Caleb was confident in the presence of God look again with with me in in Joshua we're going back and forwards here with in the in the passage but look again in Joshua 14 verse 12 Caleb was confident That God was for them. That God was with him and with the people. Joshua 14. I believe it's verse verse 12. He says, as he's speaking, as Caleb is speaking to Joshua, he says, It may be that the Lord will be with with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Here's an 85-year-old man, full of youthful vigor. Just uh, waiting to go up the mountain to face off with uh, uh, against the, the enemy. I don't know how physically uh, uh, powerful he was. It does say that he was just as uh, uh, strong as he was in his youth. I wonder if that's just a, a figure of speech. Um, but the reality is that mentally, spiritually, he was just as vigorous and just as useful because... If the Lord is with me, I can overcome it. I can be more than conqueror, as Paul would say later to the Romans. Caleb's confidence was in the fact that God was with him. Caleb's confidence was in the fact that God's presence was going before him, and he was only wholly following the Lord. No one else. What else? Who else could have saved them? Who else could have brought them into the land uh, uh, that flows with milk and honey? But God, going before them, the Lord of hosts, the Lord Sabbath. He was with them. He was their God. And you know, as I was reading this passage, maybe a little bit of application. As I was reading this passage, I, I got myself thinking, would I have been a Caleb or would I have been a, one of the tel- ten spies that made the majority report? Because it's very easy. We, we, we read of these things in history. Um, the Holocaust in, 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 in Germany. And we think, oh, if I was alive, I would have been uh, one of those opposed, for sure. Oh, if I was alive, I would always be on the right side. But when we find these things where the majority is uh, on the wrong side, we need to be honest. Most of us, if not all of us here, because men of, of Caleb's character are so rare, most of us, we would have been in the congregation side, wouldn't we? We would have had our hearts melt. Most of us, when we are faced with difficult circumstances, we cause other people's hearts to melt, even as believers. We start thinking about all the things that are going wrong. Oh, look at this big mountain that we have to, to, to climb. Look at all those giants. Are you, why are you so confident, this is, this is all going uh, so bad, it's going, as they say in the, in the world, it's going to hell in the handbasket. Hand and we make our, our brothers and sisters' hearts melt. Are we so often the source of discouragement to one another? The source of, of sorrow and pain and, and concern and, and anxiety to one another? Or, or, or do we believe that we can, that we've been Caleb-like in our actions? It's so easy to criticize the the, the majority, and we should criticize them. They they did a, what they did was wrong and bad. But it's so easy to criticize them and, and to accuse them of being foolish. But when you think about it, all, all that they had seen, all of that that they had heard, all that they had been eyewitnesses to, and yet. At that moment they faltered they had seen how God had supplied their every need every single day with bread from heaven with with water flowing from the rocks with with a a cloud a, a pillar of fire by night with God's own presence guiding them and protecting them and with the sea opening and then swallowing up the enemy they had seen it all. Let us examine our own hearts today. We should uh, try to be imitate. We should aim to be imitators of Caleb. But so often we, we behave more like, like the other 10 spies. Is this how we are living? Or are we those who wholly trust and follow after the Lord? You know where the source of this is. Yes, uh, Caleb was confident in God's purposes, power, and presence. You know where this flows from. You, you want to tap into this confidence. Well, see we, where Caleb t- found it, it was not in himself himself it was in the lord but where he found it uh, from what's the source what's the anchor one could say of this confidence of this faith of this trust well it is in the word of god three times or four times i, I, I didn't count them up but three or four times caleb says when the lord spoke it's in the word of god it's what the, our confidence uh, our uh, the the anchor of our confidence of our faith is in what god says it's in god's word god had promised well god had promised abraham that land god had promised the, the people of israel as they are leaving egypt that he would lead them into the promised land god had promised uh, caleb through moses that he would inherit the, the that mountain and and the source of of caleb's confidence Therefore, the anchor of his faith is in the word of God, in what God had said. He transformed his life. It is so easy for us to say, oh, I believe in the word of God. Scripture is the word of God. It is the only infallible rule for faith and practice. I believe in that. But then when the rubber hits the road, you start looking. Do you really believe it? Because faith is always demonstrated by works. James says it, not me. Faith is always demonstrated by works. If you trust in God, if you trust in His word, then you act in in light with that trust. You believe in the sovereignty of God. You say, "Oh, I'm a good Calvinist. I believe in the sovereignty of God." Uh, and then sover- something happens in your life that is uh, contrary, and immediately you're 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 sorrowing uh, because uh, because you. you you think it is unfair what happened to you immediately you're you're all upset i believe in in god's goodness but when something wrong happens to you you start doubting god's goodness that's the problem faith is always demonstrated not by a a, a vocal assent not by saying that i believe but faith is demonstrated by actions, by uh, the life that is transformed. And if the word of God, if the things that the word of God tells us, do not transform the way we interact with 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 uh, with our trials and tribulations, in, in the way that we interact with this world, and, and then we don't believe it. We have a mental assent, but we don't truly believe it because we're not confident when the when difficult things come our way, but not in caleb's case caleb's case he he goes into the promised land to spy it he sees the difficulties but he reminds himself well i know there's difficulties i've seen them before i know what the lord's purposes are i know what his power is able to do because i've already seen it in action i will not lose heart and with regards to the promise that uh, that Moses gave to him or the Lord gave to him through Moses about the inheriting the mountain he himself says it. he has kept me alive wasn't that the promise that God had made to Caleb and to Joshua that that generation because of their unfaithfulness they would not enter into the promised land that they would die out in the wilderness, that another generation, that their sons and daughters, those born in the wilderness, would be the the ones to inherit the land. But for two people, the two spies that gave the good report, the two spies that were faithful, the two spies that uh, wholly followed the Lord. And that's what uh, Caleb says here in Joshua. God has kept me alive. For these 45 years, I've been going through this wilderness and God has kept me alive. But think about it. It's very easy for us to detach ourselves. Think about what it meant. Because most of those who died or among those thousands upon thousands who died over these 40, 45, 45 years, they were his friends, they were his neighbors. If they were married... If Caleb was married, uh, he had children. So he probably was married before then. Was his wife. All those funerals, hundreds upon hundreds of funerals. And every single instance of difficulty and sorrow. Because it would have been sad for him to, to see his friends depart. Was a reminder that God's promises are true. Because he has been kept, being kept alive. And now they've entered the promised land. And one last time he comes this time to Joshua, and he says, you heard it. You were there with me when Moses, when God spoke through Moses and promised this. Why? Why is it? Because God's word was very real to Caleb. It wasn't just something that was said. It wasn't just inconsequential words. For him, the word of God was very real and at 85 years old. And let this be a testament for us. I, most of us, we've, we've passed the, the halfway point of our lives, haven't we? Even if we live to, to the uh, expected uh, or to the average age in the UK, most of us have passed the, the, the midpoint of our lives. We all are gray-haired, or most of us are gray-haired. Let this be a testament that even in old age, there is a way to glorify God. 85 years old, and he's glorifying God with his faith, with his faithfulness, with his trust in the Lord. Why? Because God's word had an impact on his life. And for us, maybe 2024 is a year that we need to start living out those doctrines that we cherish and we defend uh, as true, that God is good, that God is sovereign, that, God prov- uh, that all things work together for the good of those who, who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Do we, do we say it, but do we believe it? And when the rubber hit the, hits the road, do we live in that way or at the first sight of trouble We stop wholly following the Lord, and we start, kind of like the the other 10 spies, uh, thinking of of ways out, uh, of other ways out. (coughs) Thinking of how can I, by my uh, grit, by my wit, by my intelligence, by my strength, uh, dig myself out of this problem. If this book is true, If the Bible is true, it should transform our lives. It should impact and shape our lives, just like he shaped the life of Caleb. For Caleb, the revelation was different because he didn't have the Bible like we have it, very much to to our benefit, that we have the Word of God written, all the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, all of them given to us so that we would not uh, be uh, doubtful Caleb was even in the worst situation because he had to trust that someone relayed the words correctly. But yet he trusted and his life was transformed by it. Let us, us, like the psalmist says, wait for the Lord and in his word I do hope. But there is a second element and last element that is the source of this confidence. It is there recorded for us in Numbers. If we are to be men and women like uh, Caleb in 2024, there is another thing that we need. If we are to have that confidence, we need to trust and believe the word of God. But there is another element, Numbers 14. numbers chapter 14 find the verse verse 24 says there but my servant caleb because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Mark those words. God speaking about Caleb. Oh, that the Lord would speak thus about us in the same way. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. Why is it that Caleb was so confident in God's purposes? power and presence because he trusted the word of God and because the spirit of God was in him. He had another spirit. It it wasn't uh, a a spirit, uh, a man-made spirit, a a character issue. It wasn't just that he was more noble or or more uh, heroic uh, in spirit, it was that the spirit and influence of God was upon him. He was a different man because God was working in his heart by his spirit. He, that he had another spirit in with him, the spirit of God. And brothers and sisters, if we are to wholly follow the Lord God, our God, in, in 2024, we need to trust the word of God and we need To be led by his spirit we need the anointing of the spirit not in the Pentecostal kind of way second blessing uh, a baptism uh, of uh, of the Holy Spirit kind of way but we need to walk in the spirit we need the indwelling of the spirit as Paul says we considered a few weeks ago in Ephesians that the spirit of Christ may may, may dwell in us mightily we need to be transformed by his spirit. It's those two wings, isn't, aren't they? If we are to follow after the Lord, our God, think of it as two wings. Number one, we need to have the word of God. Number two, we need to have the spirit. It's the spirit and the word working together that enables us to, sp- to follow the Lord, our God. The congregation, the other spies... They didn't trust the word. They did not have the spirit. But we have the word and we have the spirit. So as God peop- God's people today, let us seek the Lord. Let us pray. Let us pray that the Lord, let us call upon his name, that the Lord would fulfill those things that he has promised. It is the wonderful thing about Christmas for me uh, that we've just been through is to be reminded time and time again that even though it may look dark, dim, grim and, 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 and so uh, bad outside like in the Christmas story that the Lord is faithful to fulfill His promises and through the darkness His light shines. Remind ourselves that God is faithful The word of God commands us doesn't it Rome in Ephesians chapter 5 to be filled with the spirit the the, in in Luke chapter uh, 11 our Lord says that God as a a good father will not give us uh, bad things Romans chapter 8 we uh, we've read uh, from verse we read from verse uh, 18 but just at the beginning of Romans chapter 8 Paul Paul gives us that command he tells us that we are to walk not by flesh that we are not to walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit what is it to walk according to the flesh is to try and 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 live by the wisdom of the world is to try and trust uh, uh, the the strength of the flesh but Paul says do not walk according or the, the those who are in Christ Jesus do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit the apostle Peter says that we are to live according to God in the spirit what does that mean well Paul is in Ephesians 5 gives the contrast he says do not be filled with wine but be filled with the spirit the contrast the parallel is there how is it that a drunk person behaves? He's filled with wine. Wine overcomes him and overrules every, is every decision. He is living uh, according to the wine. He is filled up with wine, so he, he lives in, in light of that drunkenness. To be filled with spirit is to be over, overcome by the spirit, is to live in, in a spiritual way, is to bring glory to the father it is to wholly follow the Lord even when everyone else turns their back at God even when everyone else turns their back uh, turns against us even when everyone, uh, everyone else is picking up stones to stone us like they did for Caleb he wholly followed the Lord his God because he was confident of his power presence and his purposes because he trusted God's word and because his spirit was upon him He was a different man and therefore despite the wickedness that was around him despite the unfaithfulness of God's people in that generation he remained faithful he remained uh, trusting he remained following the Lord and he received the reward of faith he inherited the mountain for us our mountain is not in this world praise God for it because that mountain uh, is physical for for uh, for Caleb but for us our mountain is elsewhere it's Mount Zion we have come to Mount Zion it is in the presence of God and may God help us to be like that let me close off with a, an example because it's very easy it's very easy for us to read these stories, these episodes and because of the the chronological distance uh, between us and them, we kind of think, oh, they're really nice, I believe them, I know that they happen, but these days it's so much different. It wasn't uh, many centuries ago, perhaps 200 years ago, a very well-known uh, man uh, in this country, uh, George Muller. And uh, when we think about George Muller and Caleb, the, the, the examples are or the parallels are many. So I was thinking, should I uh, bring the, the milk and, and breakfast uh, story? But there was another story. I never read it, actually. But, but, but it's uh, the episode where George Mueller uh, was going to, to America, to Newfoundland, actually. And he needed to be there by Saturday evening. And this was a Wednesday. And this story is relayed to us, not by George Mueller, not by one of his many friends, but by the, the person himself who was with him the captain of the boat. He, he, he recalls, he writes, this is his own words. He, he says that George Muller came to him uh, in, the, in, the, in the boat, and he says, Captain, I have to come to tell you that I must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. This was a Wednesday. It is impossible, I said. Very well, if your ship, ship can't take me, God will find some other means of locomotion to take me. I have never broken an engagement in 57 years. The captain says, I would willingly help you. How can I? I am helpless. And George Muller said, well, let us go down to the chart room and pray. Oh, the, the, the reason why they couldn't get there was because there was this massive fog so we would take them, they would have to wait the fog to lift before they could travel. I looked at the man of God, the captain said, and I thought to myself, what a lunatic asylum could that, that man have come from? I have never heard of such a thing. Mr. Mueller, I said, do you know how dense the fog is? No, he replied. My eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God just like caleb's eyes were not on the giants but on his god who controls every circumstance of my life he got down on his knees and prayed one of the most simple prayers i muttered to myself that would suit a children's class where the children were not more than or nine uh, not more than eight or nine years old the burden of his prayer was something like this "O oh lord If it is consistent with thy will, please remove this fog in five minutes. You know the engagement you made for me in Quebec Saturday. I believe it is your will. When he finished, the captain says, I was going to pray. But he put his hand on my shoulder and told me not to pray. First, you do not believe he will. And second, I believe he has. And there is no need whatever for you to pray about it. I looked at him and George Muller said, Captain, I have known my Lord for 47 years and there has never been a single day that I have failed to gain an audience with the king. Get up, Captain, and open the door and you will find the fog is gone. I got up and the fog was gone. I return to where we started. Uh, This year, although I would wish you all a very happy new year, most certainly and most definitely will not be a a year filled with just happiness. There will be sorrow, there will be difficulties, there will be struggles, trials, temptations, there will be, perhaps for some of us, we will not even live to see the end of the year. We'll go down to our beds one night and that is it. Our comforts will not be every single day. Because all the the joys of this earth, they are like that. They are like the heart of the people. They melt. They're like snow. They, They disappear. They fade away. You have joy one day. The other day, that joy is taken away. But yet... There is this wonderful promise in God's word. in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10, uh, in, a, in a chapter uh, that is filled with uh, God's pronouncement of judgment that is coming upon Israel, right there in the, uh, at the beginning, one single verse, one, one, one glimmer of hope in the midst of so much pain and sorrow that was coming their way. The Lord says to Isaiah, to say to the righteous, to say to the people that it shall be well with them for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. This year, there will be no doubt a lot of difficulty in our way. But shall we be gloomy? Shall we be despondent? I would say not because if we are trusting in the lord if we know his promises if we if we know his purposes if we know his power if we trust his word and we have his spirit we will at least even in the midst of those sorrowful circumstances say as our lord jesus said just before he went to the most trialing and sorrowful ever Uh, uh, any circumstance that any man has ever faced Father glorify your name even in the midst of my trouble if I need to undergo physical pain if sickness is what lies ahead for me God may you be glorified through my sickness Lord if I need to undergo this trial may this trial bring me closer to you may this trial bring me uh, to follow you more wholeheartedly God father glorify your name and may we by god's grace this next year be a little bit more like caleb may we wholly follow the lord may we wholly trust his purposes power and presence and may we continually be filled with his spirit